0: the Tulsa Music Stream. And now, your host, Scott and Janice Squires. You want the dirt? You've got it. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Great, we're gonna
0: no 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 i'm sorry i love this zoom delay don't you we all step on each other but we're we're gonna put you on screen there you are thank you so much for joining us sorry about the technical trouble there
1: no it's no trouble at all
0: okay well we really appreciate you let me do a quick introduction uh for you just just so you kind of know who the heck you're talking to we are a husband and wife team here in tulsa oklahoma um he and i are we have normal day jobs Uh, but we also play in a band together and then when the pandemic hit about what two three years ago we got this idea we said we would we need to do like a a podcast and start talking to all the people that that were you know big influencers of our life and so we've done this your episode 101 we've gotten to talk to so many people and we are so delighted to have you on with us so thank you again for joining
1: us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, I thought, um, you know, for the you've told your story countless times uh, for the benefit of the viewers who maybe haven't heard the story and for our benefit as well. I thought we'd just start at the start so we can kind of get the full scope of your journey. So we know you were born and raised in Baton Rouge. You've got a brother, a half brother, half sister. Uh, Your folks divorced when you were a freshman in high school. How do you feel? That event, you know here you are, a young woman growing up. How do you feel that event impacted your siblings, but you in particular?
1: um for me, it was kind of like a long time coming um for them to get a divorce, so when they finally actually did, it was kind of a relief because it was so toxic in the home with their fighting yeah um and it it was uh it was a long time coming, yeah, so uh it was kind of a relief um my brother was younger he's eight years younger than me so he didn't really get to witness that kind of stuff i used to hide him in the closet (laughs) yeah so so he you know didn't get to see the things i got to see and uh so he came out unscathed thank god um i think that i just kind of buried all that stuff you know um it all came out in therapy (laughs) a year ago but uh but yeah, I just kind of shoved that under the rug for a long time, and uh, but yeah, it was okay. It was okay. And then my mom remarried like a fabulous, fabulous man who was the best father in the world. So, um, and and my dad would come over and like have dinner with all of us, and yeah. he was still in our lives, you know. So it it was kind of like better. There was there was finally peace. So. Um, it was good. It was a good thing.
0: Well, that's good. That that's actually not the answer I was expecting, but it sounds like it was maybe a a little bit better situation than I initially thought. Tell me this. Did, um, did you have an interest early on in breaking into the modeling and entertainment industry? And was your family supportive of, of your goals and dreams?
1: Absolutely. Um, that was kind of, On the one hand, I was kind of told, like, you're kind of good at being pretty. And for me, I took that as a compliment. And other people were like, well, that's kind of lame. Like, you're smart, too. But I wasn't. Like, I wasn't a big school person. I barely got by. Uh, I was like a C average student. And um, I really used to collect modeling uh, magazines like Vogue and whatever and pick the models out and try to do their poses. (laughs) And that was really what I wanted to do. And um, I, I kind of had that like determined little fire under my skirt to get out of Baton Rouge and move to L.A. And, and I did that with the pageant. And that was like my top five question was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like a model. And so uh, I got some calls after that and moved to L.A. Uh, when I graduated high school.
2: And once you got there, it was when kind of the star search, which I guess back then, that's basically, you know, our, our American Idol, the American Idols and all of those that we have, like so many shows back then we had star search, you know, right? And, and we used to watch those all the time for, you know, all the cool rock bands that would get on there. And then of course, you were basically a, a home name almost, you know, you're almost, I don't know how many episodes you were on that, but, you know, getting to hang out I, with I, Ed, Ed to- McMahon, you know.
1: Yeah, it was fourteen episodes. I won thirteen, and then I lost the final episode, the hundred thousand. I lost, I lost the main event, um, but I was on it so many times consecutively more than anybody in any category in that show. Um, so the repeats and the and the airing of it got me work, even though I didn't win the hundred thousand it was beneficial to my career it was awesome yeah it was a good experience
0: and we know that led to like appearances on married with children films like last mm-hmm. action hero so once this started to kind of kind of roll for you and you're you're getting your foot in the door what would you say the biggest changes you noticed that were starting to occur in your life as you're starting to achieve this success
1: um it was it was weird like I, I was always humble. I never, like, got a big head or anything or thought I was, like, a celebrity. And and it was wild that people would geek out, you know, like, because Janie saw me on Star Search and hired me for the video right? from seeing that show. And um, when it was really Star Search that kind of started the whole thing, and then I did Cherry Pie right after that, and that just blew up. That was, like, you know, number one for a year and top five countdown and all that stuff. And I was so surprised at how much I was featured in the video, you know, normally a girl isn't in the video as much as the band um, and I saw the the world premiere and I was like, wow, that was wild. And then when people started recognizing me on the streets, like the cherry pie girl or honking me, you know, honking on Sunset Boulevard or uh, that cherry pie just kind of pushed it over right. for me. Um And it was cool. It had its moments, you know, obviously. And then, you you know, a Southern girl didn't really know what to do with all of that. Um, You know, I'm there by myself. I don't have any family out there. I don't know how to manage money. You know, I'm 18, 19, and uh, just living wild and crazy and spending money and dating rock stars. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean then drugs got into play.
2: Uh, So the rock stars is probably the answer is what all started coming your way. And that (laughs) ruined everything for you.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe, but I mean, I did have an appetite for, for that. So, you know, they, they were seeking me out and I was like flattered.
2: Well, I'm impressed because I mean, I love the cherry pie video, and 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 of course it was on rotation on MTV nonstop. But yeah. you know the videos you were on because I'm an '80s guy and I lived and loved watching all the old school, you know, videos uh, like you know, yeah. gr- Great White. I mean, to me, that's that was a huge song as yeah. well. I mean, that was all over MTV. You know, the once bitten twice shy, and of it's course hard. you got you know yeah. Hurricane and all those other bands, but. You know, that was just kind of your pedestal. But you would think The Great White was, you know, to me, that was an amazing video and, and a great song. And, and and I'm surprised that it took, you know, the, the Warrant song to get you where, you know, that big plateau.
1: Well, that's that was the difference between the two videos. Like, I was just a little feature on Great White, even though I was on the cover of their um, their album. But not everybody knew that that was me that was in the, on the album that was in the video for two seconds on the back of the motorcycle and <laughs> in my butt in, <laughs> you know, um, in that one song, you know. Uh, and then when Cherry, when I did Cherry Pie, it was just like the other scene. And it was, like I said, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, so you, it's usually not that much promotion of the female character in the video and then it kind of got to be that way that it was like Billy Idol had his yep. one and uh then Errol Smith did his daughter and uh Alicia Silverstone so then it kind of became like a thing which was kind of cool featured the girls a lot
2: Yeah.
0: Let me dive a little bit deeper with you into into the uh, inner workings of the scene. Now, we all have heard the stories about the bands and how they were so competitive with each other. You hear about them all walking up and down Sunset Boulevard and they're stapling their flyers over other bands' flyers and it's just this cutthroat competition. Now, my mind would lead me to believe that the women had a similar level of competition with each other So with that, if, if I'm right, if I'm on the right track with that, how tough was it to, was it possible to have real true and trusted friendships with other women? Or was it pretty much on a, like a, a surface party level and you never wanted to tell too many dark secrets to too many of those women?
1: I mean, in retrospect now, looking back on that, so I came from the South and I was just like literally believing everyone was my friend and I could be honest with everyone. Like I was just this fresh naive Southern girl who was like so sweet and trusting. And man, did I just get it? Sure. You know, I just got it a lot. I was just like, so all the time I was like hurt or betrayed, but I, you know, I learned to toughen up and then you kind of get to a point where you're all having trust issues and, I don't know it being in la and hollywood and an up-and-coming like starlet or actress or in the scene or on the scene it was i wasn't a competitive person maybe that's why i didn't do better i don't know i just am not a competitive person and i love people yeah and i always have um but they got some competitive girls out there for sure yeah. and you know i had to learn the hard way obviously Um, and I never really did, you know, I would get stung and be like, from now on, I'm going to be like, F you and, and I'm Mm. not going to get hurt. And that's just me, like trying to overcompensate for like how hurt I was. Sure. Um, yeah. So you can't just change who you are, like tell yourself, I'm going to be tougher from now on. It's just like, you can't change your heart really, unless you really don't care and you want to get jaded and it's not a fun thing. It's, it's just not, I mean, I think I went like this with it. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me just take that one step further and then I know Scott's got something. Um, So with that being said, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we know the men definitely had some piggish behavior, but (laughs) is it safe to say that there were plenty of women displaying similar Mm Piggish behavior for their own personal gain, trying to get to a different, you know, level of stature and fame and notoriety. I mean, was everybody being piggish back then?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, if I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. And and not only that, but to get with your man, like so many like girls were trying to, you know, go backstage with Jamie when I wasn't at the show, or like with Tommy or whoever. It's like there were girls literally who uh who would work that angle for sure that's a shame um yeah that's I mean that's kind of how Janie met his second wife what yeah she (laughs) was a model we worked together and uh and and she I guess she hit on him I don't know how that went I don't know but he ended up marrying a model that I had worked with on a couple of commercials and stuff um
0: and married her tough business girl
1: yeah. Hey, it was what it was. I I came out. I'm alive. I'm breathing. That's I'm right. here.
2: That's right. Yes. It just seemed yeah. like there was a slew of opportunities for you um, coming. Were there Were there any bands or you know projects that you actually had to turn down? You know, you hear about all these these things that you've done, but what about the things that you turned down? Were there any ones that you go, man? I, I wish I would have done that.
1: Yeah, Robert De Niro called me to play Sharon Stone's role in Casino. Oh, called wow. me and and Tommy. I was with Tommy at the time, and he basically told him no that I wasn't doing that. He didn't want he didn't want me to work at all when I was with him. But um, so yeah, that that was kind of like a you know like oh Oof. that might have been cool. She won the Oscar, I think, for that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: It's the little things, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Just a few little things that I probably could have done instead of choosing my relationship or, and the person controlling that relationship right. of my life as well. Right. Um, yeah, there was a lot of opportunities that I either sabotaged myself, um, was pushed in the pit, or jumped in the pit, or completely was just so screwed up or focusing on a relationship that I just, I didn't I didn't know how to do both. Like yeah. that was my problem. Like when I fell in love, I fell hard, and I was like, I was all about the guy. Sure. And you know, when I was young, I was you know twenty four um, and twenty one, and I was young, and I was just being like, okay, well, I guess that's the way this relationship is supposed to go, but it wasn't. It was, it wasn't. I got to
0: tell you, we've had numerous people on the show, and, and Janie's name has come up, and you know, Ooh. for for us from just from being musicians on the outside yeah. looking in i got to tell yeah. you every time he comes up on the show his name is spoken with so much respect by his musical Ooh. peers we yeah. we and so many view him as one of the the best songwriters yeah. of that era when you met yeah. him before all the junk and all the all the hurt <laughs> happened did you realize hey there's something different about this guy not maybe not just on the talent side but did you feel he was different personally as well
1: I did. Um, I did. I felt I felt like he was really special and he had something he had a really good heart, but he was grappling with uh, a lot of demons that I weren't, wasn't aware of um, right away. and those kind of got worse as the more longer we were married and um, and not being a Christian at the time at all. I just thought, well, the best thing to do is to divorce this person. like I, it never crossed my mind that like I could have prayed for our relationship or because he was the love of my life, yeah, and I just thought I'm not going to be in another relationship like my dad and my mom, like I'm just not going to raise my kid in an alcoholic abusive home. I won't do it, and <clears throat> so I thought the best thing for me to do was to leave the situation, and you know now all the things i i 'm learning. You know, that would have been awesome. You know, that would, I should have prayed for him. I should have prayed for our relationship. I didn't even know how to pray at the time. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I just go like, wow, I wish if I could do that over again, that would be one of the things,
2: you You know, a year or so we, we binge watched the, uh, ex wives of rock and we just totally, (laughs) totally fell in love with it. I didn't know it even existed. And then we, we went back on YouTube and you know, wherever it was, um, it was airing, and, and and we we binge watched all the episodes, and we fell in love with all everyone, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. including including James Kotak, in which we had him yeah. on our on our show, and yeah. um, we that's what got us into the ex wives of rock. But there was, an wow. epi- there was an episode where you say something about where Janie called you up and and needed a place to stay, and mm-hmm. and you felt like you should have done something because it wasn't long after that is when something, you right. know when when the the incident, the accident or the, the, what happened in in the hotel right. happened and right. do you still hold any kind of uh guilt or any kind of uh regret for with that or have you let some of that go
1: um i i mean i, I said my apologies um in my heart and to god and Yeah, I mean, like I said, if I could have been in that moment and had my head on better and, you know, I was struggling with my own addictions too, on and off. Um, Like I was, I was no princess by any means, but, you know, you never really know. I just wasn't thinking about it. You know, I wasn't thinking about it because he had had this problem for so long and we always knew maybe in the back of our heads, like one day, if he doesn't get it under control, but we'd seen him get it under control so many times. And you always have hope for the person that you love and care about, and that's the father of your child, that they will get better, you know? And that you want them to get better, and you support them, and we remained friends. And, you know, he could call me anytime and we would go have lunch. And so we were still, you know, we still talked on the phone. As a matter of fact, the day I got the call that he passed, he and I were going on tour together. He was about to start touring his solo album and he asked me to open for him doing comedy because I was, had started to do stand-up comedy and he and I were going to go, I was going to open for him and we were about to leave to go on the road. And uh, I got the call the day before that wow. he had passed. <clears throat> um, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things. I still have regrets, obviously, like, I can't change that. I've forgiven myself because I know that I've come a long way. Um, and I'm definitely not the same person I was then. Right. But I always I always loved him. I always will. And he was an amazing human being when he wasn't drinking. And I didn't understand the depths of that <clears throat> bondage um, at the time. And we, you know, we were still young, but we still remain friends in each other's lives, and you know, he's still missed every day, you of know.
0: Of course, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I told you when we were setting up this interview, we've had some nice texts back and forth, and I told you I, I'm a. a woman of faith as well i share yeah. your christian faith i come yeah. from a similar background to you my father was alcoholic it tore up our Ooh. family environment and you know i just get the sense that when you're raised in an environment like this i don't know when it happens or how exactly it happens but you're, you're at some point you start buying into you know hey bobby you should have fixed this or hey janna you should have fixed this and you know it, what, you hear it all the time. If the addict doesn't want to get well, there's yeah. nothing the people around them can do. So, right. you know, I certainly encourage you to, if there is any remaining guilt, let let God take that away from you. Maybe it's a process. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't happen just like that. But, you know, walk through that and just know you did what you could at the time and, yeah. and don't live with right. that guilt.
1: Yeah, I did um, some soul tie. Breaking prayers and stuff with my uh, my Bible group, and I I kind of let go of all that stuff. Good like deal. I let go, yeah, the guilt and the because that's just the lies from the enemy trying to make make you feel responsible for stuff that is out of your control. And uh it doesn't help you to hold on to hold on to those things. When you forgive, you forgive for yourself, not for the other person. That's right this, right? Yeah.
0: Hey, I know our time with you is kind of limited. I, I I hate to just move on quickly to the next topic, but mm-hmm. I do want to talk about your books. Uh, the first one you did is Dirty Rocker Boys. We'll put the cover up here. Now, anytime I, we have a guest on, I just always marvel at at you all who put these books together. It has to be such a massive undertaking to put it all together, and make sure it's accurate, make sure it's chronologically correct and and this and that. And of course, we know this book is—it's—it's uh, it's pretty much your confessional about the the different guys you were with. Where, did you have a lot of fear of repercussions when you put this book together?
1: There's a lot of stuff I didn't put in the book. Okay, I will say that, and that, and that's kind of like what? Oh my gosh, because it was very salacious. Um, like I could not go over and read this book today without just cringing and being like, I need a shower. Um, <laughs> you know. It was uh, a labor of love. It was cathartic. It was necessary. I felt like I had been mentioned in so many other rock books and from other people, and I would read their things, and I'd be like, well, that's not true, or that didn't happen, or it would be so self grandiose Right. Most of the person who put, you know, wrote the book, and I was like, I need to write a book about the women's perspective of yeah. that time frame on the strip but self-deprecating and brutally honest Mm. and I was all those things definitely um I probably could have been more graceful with that book but it's not who I was at the time uh and you know like I said everything's changed thank God for that but um yeah it served its purpose like and it's doing well still I'm like I'm I'm proud of that book I think it I did well, um but yeah, it was there were some unhappy people, sure right, uh, yeah. that that I got emails from, or yeah, hmm. that, I yeah, I had some unhappy people well, for I, sure, but the thing is is I didn't lie, so the only way that there would be repercussions is if you exaggerated, falsified, or blatantly lied in any way, shape, or form, and they did not do that,
0: sure. And then the, so, the the second book came out. Th- this is totally different. This is cherry on top. This is when you were starting to get into your your uh, stand up comedy portion of your life. What yeah. about that that scene appealed to you? I mean, what what drew you into that?
1: Um, I had auditioned for the Groundlings in my twenties and and got in. Um, in the second level, people graduate, they go to SNL from that from graduating from the Groundlings and it was a really hard audition, and I got in, and I was dating somebody, another rock person, who said I wasn't funny, and that I shouldn't, girls aren't funny, girls aren't comedians, and made me really feel self-conscious about even doing it, so I quit. So mm. I was in the back of my head for so many years, like, like, that was kind of like my bucket list, like one of the things that I was like, you know, that was really dumb of me to just drop doing for myself for this really another relationship here I go again taking my head off and putting theirs on and uh and I just felt like that was I I probably could have done something with that um if I would have just stuck with it and have you ever thought about
0: going back into it maybe from a Christian perspective
1: you know I after I got saved um I did a couple of comedy shows and it was different because i went from like being a potty mouth like f-bomb every other word my sense of humor was so raunchy and so aggressive and so like i don't know i was even called like the female Andrew Dice play at one night I i was like wow i don't know and and my comedy coach was like well you're definitely not trying to get a date with that set i'm like oh wow okay um So, you know, cause my entire set was about like dating, being single, what it's like to be a single girl in Hollywood at this time and like dating apps. My whole routine was about horrible dates. And he was like, yeah, you're definitely not gonna get any from that. And I was like, well, I'm just being honest. And they're like, okay, you're brutal though. You're brutal. Like I was just, so my sense of humor totally changed. And I tried to do comedy. And I was still funny, but it changed like 180. Sure. So it's something I had to have to like get my toes wet again with like a whole new set. And I kind of felt like I can be the first one. I used to be like a an insult to go go on first, you know. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I want to be the you know open for the headliner or you know be the pre-headliner opener or whatever. Like it was an insult to go on first. But now when I was doing comedy recently, I was like, I'll go first because when I would go watch other comedians, I was being convicted by their 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 performances. And I was like, this is so wild. Like people I used to think were hilarious were like offensive now. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is yeah. crazy. And it really did happen that way. So I was like, well, maybe I, maybe that comedy isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm currently writing book three with my daughter. So that's what I'm doing right now. Wow. But I don't know about comedy, honestly. There she is. Um, <laughs> I don't know about comedy anymore. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just signed with a new entertainment team that's faith-based, which is awesome. Because I thought, oh, I'm not going to be in entertainment anymore. Nobody, you know, now that I've given my life to Christ, like Hollywood's hard passing on me, you know. Right. And they were just like geeked out by it. And I was like, okay. So I just thought, well, maybe that's not what he has for me now. And then I did this interview where I gave my testimony. And, um, and then the guy was like, are you rep- represented by anyone? And I was like, not anymore. He was like, well, I have somebody I think you would be great with. And I signed with a great team. So I'm going to be getting back into that mm-hmm. again, but like, uh with a whole new support system. Fantastic. Go ahead. Yeah, we,
2: got, we have a lot of uh, people watching right now and have a lot of yep. questions and comments, but, uh, I, I wanted to bring up, go back to the X wives of rock. Um, you know, you had all, your friends on there that you did this show with and, yep. um, um, one of them being Athena Lee, who. You know Tommy Lee's sister, and she was married to James Kotak, which was your co star on this show as well and and it showed his struggles on that show as well, you know being having you know problems with issues with alcohol and everything and you know of course we just recently got the news that he passed away um I don't know if you reached out to any any of your your friends from the show or anything, but um uh, you know he I, I'm sorry, go day. ahead
1: I spoke to Athena the same day did you oh wow how's she doing she's um she's she's doing she's she's
0: doing yeah yeah Yeah. do those do the friends from that circle are they supportive of your conversion to christianity do they understand it do they does does it appeal to them as well
1: um athena and sharice yes athena was like Oh, what's going on with you, dude? But I'm totally digging your God vibe. And I was like, thanks. Cool. Nice. And so we've we've been rekindling with each other. And I talked to Sharice. Um, I don't talk to Blue anymore at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, those two girls are supportive, and you know, I still have um a lot of friends who are supportive about it. But at first it was a little bit like weirded out for them they were like what is going on what is happening what am i seeing?" because every you know my feed changed from like yeah raunch just sexy raunchy to like overnight and it was overnight it did happen overnight it was amazing it was a miracle uh but yeah and and it just it just changed everything it changed my The GPS on my future you know
0: yeah yeah that's wonderful I'm
1: so I'm so glad you came home girl you have a fond memory
2: of your uh, your friend uh, Tani contained
1: do I have a fond memory of? yeah absolutely um she I went to her house like we did like m3 together we hosted m3 together and uh, we got close there that was actually the first time we had ever met which was wild Um, Because we had always been compared to each other or talked about to each other. And I wrote about her in my book, but we'd never actually met until we had both hosted M3 one year. And uh, we got pretty close. And I went down to her house. And it was just her and this crazy little dog she had that was just, like, not potty trained, going off, (laughs) licking, biting, climbing up my shirt, trying to nibble on my belly. Like, just going nuts. All over me and we were recording an audition together and she was screaming the whole time like chasing after this dog we're trying to get an audition down and she was just like a child at heart like she had she was so lovely she was so sweet but she was just a child at heart like at one point like i brought her this dress from my store and she just all of a sudden flips into a handstand and i'm like what are you doing she was like, just doing a handstand. You should do one. I'm like, I might break my hip. I don't think I'm going to do that. But you're good. You go ahead. And it was just, she was just, just a sweet, wild girl. And that was like our time together. That was like a wild day where she was just like a kook, just kooking out all over the house. And I was like, this girl's nuts. I love it. And her dog was like all over the place. Like it was just climbing up my shirt and like, Going nuts, and I was like, "Wow!"
0: I think we she, saw that. I think we saw yeah. that video on YouTube while we were researching you. Now, speaking of dogs, is this your
1: dog? Yes. Who is baby. this? That's Nushi. Nushi. <laughs> my first for 15 years.
0: Wow! Is she yes. your only dog? Yes. Really? Mm.
1: Yes. I've had her. She's literally traveled the world with me.
0: Oh, that's every- so cool.
1: Yeah, she even goes to church with me, guys. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's filled with the Holy Spirit (laughs) dog. The only dog going to church.
0: Yeah. Hey, we all need to. So
2: with your connection to the 80s rock, um, scene and everything and all the videos and, and, and everything that you were a big part of. And, and by the way, I, I do believe you came down to Tulsa for, uh, the Streets Gone Wild festival.
1: Ah. Yes, and I did. we were there,
2: Ta- uh, Wasn't say that.
1: Wasn't there?
0: Was Tani there? I don't remember. I don't know.
2: I thought it was just you. I can't hmm. remember. I
1: don't remember. I don't know. I, thought, I felt like she was there. I could be, it could have been just me. Did hmm. I have a boot on my leg?
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but let me interject one of the viewer comments. Our friend Denise Dossing, she's, the, for those events, she's a, often a, a runner, and, and she's saying about you that you were such a sweetheart when when she was driving you for Streets Gone Wild. Love all of her posts and glad to see her doing well.
1: Aw, oh, thank you so much, it's Denise.
0: <laughs> she's a so, sweetheart. So my question would
2: be yes to the boot, she says. Ah, okay. Um, so okay. So with your connection with the '80s, did the '90s treat you the same? Did the you know the genre and everything uh, treat you yeah. the, about the same as as they did with the '80s bands? Did they just kind of lump you in with all that? You know, as far as yeah. getting any kind of gigs, they're just kind of turning things down for you, or?
1: Well, no. Well, really, I, really, they call it the '80s hair band scene, but really, I didn't even come on to the scene until the '90s. Right. So I did Star Search in 1990. Ah. Then I did Warrant at the end of 90, like in October or something, later that same year. Um, I'm recovering from uh, sinus surgery three weeks ago, so if I sound nasally, forgive me. Oh, you're good. Uh, okay, Um. yeah. And so, really, I was a 90s person, like, but they always called it the 80s hairband. So, I guess Warrant was kind of like at the tail end of the 80s hairband. Mm-hmm. Right. The 90s. Um. But yeah, 90s was my jam. Like, I loved the 90s.
0: But you saw the transition from all the the poofy hair to the grunge. And I mean, you know, were a lot of your friends from more of the 80s side of things? Did you start seeing that their careers were definitely starting to tail off? And was that, that had to be a really hard time for them?
1: Yeah, um, like I was friends with a lot of different people and bands, like Guns N' Roses was, when I was doing the, um great white stuff the alan nevin i think came in with the cassette tape of this band and he played it while we're doing the photo shoot and he's like check out this band this this is going to be the next biggest thing ever it's guns N roses. and roses he played it during our photo shoot wow um, and they were and they became friends of ours so i was friends with people in like rock metal not so much really the hair bands really like, yeah, they opened for poison. I think weren't open for poison. And then when I got with, um, Tommy, they weren't really doing the poofy hair thing at right. the time. They were way cooler, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was like the tail end and yeah, Janie could, de- I could definitely see the transition in him and what they wanted from him. And, when they removed Warrant behind, you know, the front desk at Sony yeah. uh, and put up Nirvana, <laughs> I just remember when he came home, like he was in his zone and I was like, babe, 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 babe. And he was just in his zone. I was like, what's up, what's going on, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And I remember him just feeling like he needed to write a different kind of album, like, a, like the next album had to be like competitive with that. Right. And uh that stressed him out a bit because he was like but he did it. He did it. Like yes. that album was great. It just it, it's like that whole niche where people are like, Oh, you're a hair band, you can't sound like this now. Exactly. You know?
0: Yep.
1: They kinda want you to go away for a while and then come back. Right. You know? And he just really was not understanding, uh he didn't understand because they were like beloved. You know, on their way up, and with this last album, and doing so great, and you know, top ten hits, and you know, heavy rotation, and then you know, Nirvana comes in and changes the scene, and he just was like, wowed by it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I definitely.
2: You know, uh, he. I remember him saying, "Uh, uh, Janie, talking about." you know, he didn't appreciate being called Mr. Cherry, the the cherry pie guy. And a lot of people refer to you as the cherry pie girl. Did it, it, did it annoy you as much as it did him being called that?
1: At some point it did when I was being too cool for school, which is stupid because I was never that cool. Um, It got to a point where I was like, I'm more than that type of thing, which was really dumb because literally it's how people know me. And it's okay to be associated with something that you did that people loved, But I was young and up my own ass at the time. (laughs) So, you know, it was dumb. But yeah, there was a time where I was like, "Ah, I'm not, I'm more than that. But it's like, really? No, it's not. It's not even that big of a deal. Um, Hmm. But he hated it because he wrote all the songs. He sat and wrote every melody and every line and every... Like he wrote all the songs from instrument to um, you know chorus to like every part of the song he wrote, mm-hmm. and that was his. That's where he thrived, and he was so good at that. And it it was hard for him to like. It was hard for him to swallow that he wasn't. You know that it kind of went in, in a flux to not his style of music anymore. So he tried to blend with that style of music and they just, the people who were in Loving Warrant were like, this isn't this isn't the same Warrant. Like, this doesn't sound like old Warrant. Like, it was just so weird. Right. So weird. But yeah, so everybody was going through the whole uh, motions of like, what was cool in that moment.
2: Well, you certainly had... A- you have a tremendous amount of talent you've done, you know, of course you're, you know, all of your pageants and your modeling and these videos, you, you know, you've done so much stuff and you're even a good book writer and, and all this things. I always ex- like thought of you doing like a, a like a radio show or like, mm-hmm. like, like a headbangers ball type thing, you know, You know, you you needed something like that because you were part of the genre, but you, you know, you could, you knew how to act. You could talk, you you know, there were so many like elements that you could have brought to the screen and and flourished, you know, with with our our music scene and everything. I always wondered like if there was like any jobs that came your way, like emceeing like festivals, rock and roll festivals or a radio show or anything (laughs) like that.
1: Yeah, um, I would love to do a radio show. Like I was offered my own podcast, and then it was taken away for whatever reason. I don't no. know. Yeah, it was going to be with um, – I can't even think of it now. But, yeah, I was signing the contracts to do my own podcast, and I was stoked about it, and then it kind of fell through. And I, I was like, oh, that sucks. Um, but I love doing X, Y, of Rock. It was the best job I ever had to get paid to be with your friends sure. and have no scripts. Like, it, it was – that was a fun job. That was a, I loved that job. And um, I would love to reboot that or do something new. I don't know. I would love to do that Uh, again, just to be with my friends and, and see what we're doing and who we are now even would be cool. Um,
2: A radio show on Hair Nation would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: I think this new
0: entertainment group you've signed with, you you need to let them know, hey, this is my passion. Because I'm telling you right now, just after spending 40 minutes with you, you would be a hit if, with your own podcast. You've got the voice, the humor, the personality. Tell them to go get you a gig. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Make that money, girl. That's right. That's right. Hey,
0: I want to be respectful of your time. When do you need to get going? Pretty um, quick.
1: Where are we? Well, Have it's it's
0: see. we're forty one minutes in and you and we've already run over with you a little bit. So
1: Um Yeah, like how long did you want to go?
0: Oh, just what do you think? Five more minutes?
1: You
2: yeah, know. I was just gonna read her some uh, comments. Yeah,
1: go for it. Go uh, for it.
2: Oh, yeah. One says, uh um of course says I hate that I've missed most of this interview. Um um You can I,
0: watch the replay.
2: Yeah. Charlie Humbert says I love Warren and Janie Lane. Awesome. Yeah. Um Denise says, no to Tawny being there. She sang happy birthday to Michael Lardy of Great White. Bobby, Eddie, Trunk, and I believe uh, Luke Carl were hosts. Oh. As we pulled up to the venue yeah. one night, we were getting out, and ironically, Warrant was on and had just started.
1: Cherry Pie. It
2: yeah, just started Cherry Pie. Oh, and, we, and, we, and you guys just.
1: Okay. L- that's yeah. funny. <laughs> and, and I were hosting that with Luke Carl.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. The was not there. I remember now.
0: Okay. Jeanette Elizabeth says, I'm so excited for your journey and happy for you. I think we all are very much so. We're just, we're scrolling through.
2: Barry Morrison says, regret is is a great tool that Satan uses to hold you back. Remembering is the tool that God uses to push us forward.
1: Ooh, that's, that's cool. good. That's, that's, Man, that's that deep. Was, I know. Thank yeah.
0: you. Love that. Well- so, Honestly, I mean, a lot
2: of of love in here for you. Yeah,
0: we won't we won't keep you much longer. One question I was kind of curious about when exactly did you move back to Louisiana?
1: Um, April of last year. So last April.
0: Okay, are you enjoying your time out there?
1: I am like I I decided that I'm never leaving again. Like I'm going to get settled here. And I told my daughter, I'm like, I'm never leaving you again never leaving you again she was like okay you made a promise i'm like i made a promise so um i do love it here uh it's where my family is it's like you know i tried to move back to california once and i was there for four months and i was like this is these are the bowels of hell i'm out of (laughs) here old southern grandma like whipping these kids in the place are you guys doing cocaine (laughs) 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 Yeah. I, was, I ended up renting a house. The lady said it was empty. I moved into a trap house. I'm not kidding. Of like 16 to 22-year-olds all over the house. I was like, what in the hell is going on in here? Like, it was wild. And I was like, okay, I did not sign up for this. I'm going back to Louisiana.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. That,
1: it just, that's what I used to do, though. Like, whenever I had a problem, I would run. If I had grief, I would bury it. If I had, you know if i wanted didn't want to feel something i would subdue it with drugs or you know what i mean like i just went through that whole thing and i'm just not doing that anymore i'm not running i'm feeling i'm leaning into jesus and god and it's a whole new life and i'm loving that i finally know this like <laughs> Never,
0: right So the one thing I want to leave with you I've, I've been a Christian for 44 years I made that decision very early on and I just the best piece of advice I can give you is don't base your faith, on what you see, well, that, but on the human beings that you see around you, you know, so many people get so turned off to faith because of the failures they see in human beings. And every time, I mean, I tell people, look, I need Jesus because I'm such a mess. Please don't look at me. I mean, yes, we're hopefully improving and transforming to be more like him every day, but you got to keep your focus on him and his teachings because people will let you down, Christian or non-Christian, they will let you down. You can't focus on that.
1: Right. I totally agree with you.
0: Thank you for that advice. Absolutely. Well, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you as you continue your journey and go into to your third book release? We'll be watching for that. What's the best way for people to stay up to date with you?
1: I'm, I post on Facebook every day. I'm not on Instagram that often. Uh, I have my identity stolen for like three years and I just got back into my accounts, like within the last six months, but I'm on Facebook every day. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Now I wish um, I would have put your Facebook address up instead of your Instagram. I wasn't sure which
1: one to use. Uh, Darn. Yeah, share it, or if you post it again for the replay, I guess you can, I can share it that way.
0: Yes, we will I, definitely send you the link to the replay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's live now, so it it's it, it'll stay up. It yeah. never goes away. Yep, yep. So we we really appreciate you. Um I know there's been a lot of uh things swirling around as I was doing research for you and I and some things that you, you know, had discussed about Janie and and you know, some I guess being molested or things like that. And I don't want to get deep into that, but I do yep. it's it's all over the place, you know, especially on mm-hmm. YouTube and things, people trying to figure out you know, who they think it is. And, and my question is, will that, do you think ever surface or maybe just go away?
1: Be from me. I'm not going to say who it is because it didn't happen to me. And it would just be a target on my head. That's right.
0: That's right. Be,
1: um, my word against this person who's way more powerful than I am, but I did, Write about it to plant a seed about what the industry is capable of and how sinister it can actually be, and for people to be aware, you know. And and people were talking mess about him, and like now I know why he had become a drunk or drinking all the time. Like, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And when he confided in me, I'm like, I'll never, I'll never say who. It's not my place.
0: Right.
1: But I planted the seed and hope that somebody from somewhere maybe told somebody and maybe, you know, maybe they'll stop or. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I I, I I understand. I hope it just planted a seed and made, you know, people aware that uh, things aren't always what they seem.
0: Oh, I think we know that. And I th- I think we know how sinister the, the scene can be yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. glad you're in Louisiana. Let me just tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Bobby Brown, thank you so much for your time. You're, you're a, a joy and we're so glad that you're doing so well and hope you'll stay in touch with us and let us know how we can promote this new book that'll be coming out down the road.
1: That would be awesome. We'll thank have you, you guys. back
0: on. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. God bless you. have a good night you too sweetie bye bye all right right. that's good stuff yeah she was
2: cool sweet girl there was one point where she she got up and walked around and you could see like a, a body of water Ooh. And I was wondering if that's like it was like a little lake or or a oh, pond or or I what bet. it was, but it looked pretty cool
0: out there in Louisiana. I bet there's some neat neat bodies of water. Yeah, i wonder if
2: she's having to deal with like gators. Maybe. You know?
0: Maybe. I think it was starting to get dark on her, so she had to move around.
2: <laughs> Were they an hour ahead of us? Nope, or? same no. time
0: zone as we are. Okay. And she was super sweet, man. Um, what a story! What a journey! And it's it's so amazing to see people just do a 180 in their life and you know we're, we're grateful that uh, you know she did not lose the battle to her demons and she's doing so well and being a light in in the world like the world needs so badly it needs a lot more light than, yeah. it, than it has right now
2: so. and her two books uh, like we mentioned or, or- yeah. You know, go out and get those books.
0: Yep, the first one is "Dirty Rocker Boys." It it is. Uh, I have not read it, but I read an excerpt. Now, and, is that uh, a
2: different cover? Because the cover that I know of is.
0: I don't. It's. I don't know. Maybe they have multiple covers. That was when I when I googled it. That's what came up. Cool. But uh, but yeah, this is a uh, this this read is not for the faint of heart. I I read an excerpt and yeah, it's down and dirty for sure. And then this one is was her journey into uh, stand up comedy. Which, just go pick those books up. Support this girl um, in in her uh, in her life and in her endeavors. She's a good soul, and we really appreciate uh, the fact that she gave us so much time. There we go. Now I'm on the right screen. That was great. Let's uh, let's check in with the fans here, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got some comments here angel win wood go saints heck yeah girl steve and carol baxter amen love you bobby we love her too jeanette elizabeth excellent advice god never disappoints people do amen they sure do including yep. me yeah <laughs> i disappoint people a lot but we all do our best and that's all we can do
2: don osmar says that was great
0: thank you don thanks for all you're such a good faithful supporter don we appreciate how much you tune in and you've stuck with us from the beginning and and we noticed that and it means a lot thank you sally Hendricks. thanks for another great interview leslie Allred. she sounded like she still has a lot to say three books is awesome well let's go get that third book when it comes out yeah. Don, sally
2: Hendricks says thanks for another great interview
0: yep she sure she said it twice don holman thanks for this great interview you are welcome don we appreciate you tuning in you guys are amazing uh, i'm going to get into our sponsors I, I wanted to throw something a little different out there uh, tonight i didn't even tell you i was going to do this but we're always looking for new and different sponsors and, and if you ever wonder well what does it take to be a sponsor not much. I mean, we're, we're cheap. <laughs> and if, you know, if you've got a business, and
2: we're sponsored by Arby's. Arby's.
0: Yeah. If, if you've got like a business you want to promote, we, we can work something out where we do some advertising for you and you can contribute back to the stream in, in multiple ways. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be a uh, large bills only. No, I'm kidding. It, it, we can work out things. So, Always looking for new sponsors. If you want to get some advertising here on the show, uh, we'll mix you in with the sponsor group. Um, You guys are important, and and you're the ones that help us do what we do uh, week in and week out. Let's talk real quick about Psychomo Filmworks. Do you guys need a video made for your band or your business? If so, get a hold of Psych at psychomo at gmail.com. Now, I've got an important announcement about this show from, from our sponsor, DEB Concerts. I don't know if he's even put this out there But he told me that i could share this tonight so this lita ford and last in line show that saturday april 6th guys this is changing locations it's no longer where it was going to be before it is being moved to the cox business center which is at 100 civic center in downtown tulsa and doug wanted me to tell you guys it's the same venue location of his 60th birthday party He also told me he would come on with us soon and kind of explain uh, why this is changing locations. But if you need more information, reach out to Doug Burgess, DEBConcerts.com online. Uh, He's on Facebook. I would imagine he'll be putting out his his own release about this very soon so you all can get all the details. But the show is still on. It's just moving to the Cox Business Center. So make sure you guys uh, check that out. It's going to be great. Dustin Little at PC, He is the reason you guys are able to see the stream on multiple platforms. If you all have any IT needs at all, please contact Dustin at 918-640-0892 or email Dustin at okiepc.com. We also appreciate Shipman Photos, your branding done right. If you need pictures, hit them up at ShipmanPhotos.com. Thank you Todd Cook for your support of the stream. If you need uh, screen printing done, call 918-521 5660 or email Todd at Identity Merch. Like Scott told you guys at the start of the show, you can always see our show live or the replay on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. We are getting a lot closer to our goal of 1,000 subscribers. If you'll go to YouTube and look up Tulsa Music Stream, subscribe to that channel and hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. You can stay in touch with us that way. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you're driving to work, you can't watch video, but you still want to hear the show. You can check us out on our podcast platforms: Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Good Ooh, stuff. That was really, really good. good stuff. She was she was as sweet as I I knew she would be, and I know that based off of uh, you know just the interactions I've had with her setting yeah. this up. She's a neat gal.
2: And we're we're trying to work on some uh, some new interviews um, coming up. Um, and hopefully those will come about. You know, yeah. I'm looking forward to to see what comes up for us for the future of this show. And we will never try to disappoint. No, nope,
0: no, nope, we never want to. Do as long that. as
2: we have our Arby's.
0: <laughs> that was that was good. Yeah, stream night. We we broke down and got some food that we probably shouldn't have eaten. But that's <laughs> no, that's was, becoming more and more rare. It was, rare all, it the was time. all healthy. Yeah. mm-hmm. It was delicious. No, it? we're not
2: opening up for Lita Ford. No. Those
0: days but are probably But hopefully we will our...
2: get her on our show again and uh, yeah. looking, hopefully, maybe get uh, uh, someone from, um, what was the other, what was it, Le- Heaven, Last, Last in Line. I always get Heaven and Hell and Last in Line mixed up. I
0: saw you pause there. Yeah. I always
2: get those mixed up. I don't know why.
0: It's okay. I guess
2: because it's the whole, you know, Ronnie James Dio
0: yeah
2: anyway thank you guys so much for always always tuning into our show and um you know getting in the chat room and sending all your questions and everything and your comments we really appreciate each and every one of you and as always just keep rocking and uh you know keep in touch with us on our on our pages and everything and um share share our stream you know, get get the word out, and we really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Definitely. We're going to go get to work so we can bring you some more great episodes like this one. We love you guys very much. Have a fantastic week. Be safe, and we'll see you next time on Tulsa Music Stream. Good night. Good night.